1: I wasn't expecting an answer, like I was. I or the answer I was expecting was like a hard no, a very quick no. Like no, no, no. We're just friends. Yeah, that was never a thing. Whatever, just on to the next. Yeah, and the reaction and the answer that the world got. I'm going to quote Phoebe here and say, "This is brand new information." <laughs> okay, I was yeah. not expecting this.
2: fangirls podcast i'm lauren and this is my lobster on your lobster of course you're my lobster
1: oh i'm also known as julie yes. the other co-host of the <laughs> fangirls podcast but we're really excited to be here with you guys today uh, today we are talking about one of our favorite favorite shows of all time in the history of ever yeah the <laughs> long-awaited friends reunion So first we're going to give you guys an update
2: in the dish. We kind of give you guys an update of all the shows that we talk about new casting that's been announced or filming dates. So it was announced that season six of Outlander has finished filming. And was it announced the same day about how it's only going to be eight episodes? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so season seven will be 16 episodes, just like season one and I feel like they're going to do kind of like a mid-season finale, like they did with season one. Do you think?
1: Yes, and a lot of fans are nervous right now because they think they might end it with season seven. I'm hesitant to have that mindset just from the standpoint of, well, the, there's no way they can get the bees storyline in there. Yeah, there's no way, and the bees book is not the last book, right? So. Even if the show ends, my mindset is, okay, they have to at least do two more movies something. to finish the story. Or like two six-part miniseries or something like that. Exactly.
2: I'm really excited for season seven because mm-hmm. that is a lot of back and forth between two different times. And I won't say anymore because this is not spelling the T, but season one was my favorite season because they had so many episodes and time to do things to cover the details. You're so fully immersed in the show. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope that they that it feels like season one again in, in
1: season seven, because they could really I they can really make it be that way. When I say every season and every book continuously gets better and better. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. the second you're done with one of Diana Gabaldon's books from the Outlander series, you want to jump straight into the next one. Right. So season one had that same feeling. Yeah. And Outlander happens. So then you're just waiting for the next amazing season to come along.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with season six, it's going to be a short, su- you know, short, sweet season. Yeah. But with but season we're the seven, yeah, we're getting the book. Yeah. And then season seven being sixteen episodes, I feel like that's a long awaited treat that
2: all It'll be a, fans such a nice
1: treat. Deserve right yeah. now.
2: But yeah, so go tell the bees that I'm gone. That's coming out in November. Yes. So we'll have that to kind of Help
1: hold us, us over. Yeah.
2: And I might
1: wait. I don't know if I can wait till after the show airs. I might. I don't know how we'll many. probably just not talk to each other for a week and, and have that like moment of silence where we don't interact with society. <laughs> We're we just binge read yeah,
2: and go for it. I wonder if I'll be able to wait. Cause I'm like, well, that will be nice, if I could read the book after the show airs, but I don't know if I can wait that long. I mean, I've been waiting for years, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> I don't know if I can either to myself. Also. Some other fun news is that Downton Abbey is now available on Netflix. And I love this because it's going to get people super excited for the movie that's coming out in December. That's going to be good. I'll probably rewatch to get ready. What do you got for the dish? Anything? Is it all Friends stuff? It's all Friends stuff. Okay. All right. So last week we were talking about Droughtlander and you mentioned the movie The Aftermath. Yes. Did you watch it? I watched it. It was really good. Just like you said, I, I don't know how I missed this movie the first time that it came out, but Alexander Skarsgård in cable knit sweaters pretty much the whole time chopping wood and <laughs> looking really attractive. What, like,
1: where have I been my whole life? And in, in their defense, they just, the marketing wasn't there at all. I think I, I maybe saw the advertising on my Instagram a couple of times and I don't even remember it really being in theaters. I just remember Redbox advertising it like a limited release. I mean, I think it was only in their queue for maybe a week. It was bizarre.
2: It's crazy because it was such a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like post-World War II and all of, you know, it's only word that works, the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just, you know, the emotions and... And I thought Alexander Skarsgård, I just assumed he'd be angsty, but oh no, he was lovable AF. He I really was, was like, you are just the cutest architect I have ever seen in my, my life. My standards for architects are now through the roof. Yeah, I'm like, you can only just be Mr. Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I won't say the ending, but that was wild. Absolutely you wild. You said it was wild and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, that's wild. You guys have to watch The Aftermath. Super good movie. Yes. I think you said you can find it on Prime? Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay, so... The Friends reunion,
1: I felt like that kind of came as a surprise because I wasn't expecting it till like mid-summer. And then they dropped the date and I was like, oh, this is next week.
2: Yeah, exactly. The first time I saw anything about it, um, Lena sent me a text of like the picture of like them, like, you know, they're kind of holding hands. It's all from behind the shadow. And it said um, the reunion coming like May 27th. And I'm like, is this fake? And she's like, it's not fake. And, you know, I've seen a lot of those, like, fake, you know, fan-made YouTube videos of, like, a oh, reunion. The yeah. And it's, like, clips from different movies they've been in. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at it, I'm like, HBO Max, this is actually happening. Too and legit to quit. Yes, yeah, yeah. it was legit. And I liked that it was a special. That they didn't try to bring them back to act. But it was just, like, a night to, like, reminisce and honor... These actors and the writers and the producers and the cast and all the guest stars, like it was just like going back to your favorite summer camp and getting to like, see all the sights and smell all the smells and just remember all of these fun
1: times that you had. Exactly. I was kind of bummed that it, it wasn't a new episode when Lisa Kudrow actually made a very good point in the reunion that no, everything ended on a good note. How do you yeah. go from there? Everybody's story was perfect. Yeah. You have to mess up their lives to make a show. Exactly. And that mindset was what sealed the deal for me. So I was just like, okay, I see. Good point. All right. I'll take that. But I did feel all the feels. I laughed. I cried. Yes. I remembered my use, <laughs> my childhood, mm-hmm. how I would just race home from volleyball and like claim the TV and say, sorry, folks. It's Friends Thursday night. Line. Yeah, it's Thursday <laughs> night. This is this is happening. You had all day to watch your news. It's Thursday prime time. Okay, yeah. Let's let's do this. Let's make this happen. And then you eventually get everybody in the house on board.
2: I know it's a show that everyone can laugh at. It is. So at the beginning of the Friends reunion, James Corden gave stats for the show. So this is airing seventeen years after the very last episode of season ten. It's wild. Yeah, so 236 episodes were filmed that aired in 220 territories. This show has been watched over 100 billion times.
1: The finale alone was watched 52 million times. It's wild. It was also the number one comedy for six great seasons. It's insane. Yeah. It's, Honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't all 10, but... Right? That, that would... I have a feeling like Everybody
2: Loves Raymond came in here and did something.
1: Oh, was that around the same good, time?
2: Yeah. Or maybe Seinfeld was ending. I don't know the timing back on that. I'll have to was, look yeah. back into that, but I'm kind of thinking back to that time of
1: what the overlap was there. Yeah. But, no, that's good logistics for TV planning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. We are going to be talking about everything that happened in the Friends reunion and of course, talking about episodes from the show. So if you have been on a different planet and have never seen friends or heard about it, you don't want to listen to that part. But if you are a human being that's been on earth and heard of friends, then feel free to keep listening. Okay. So I, something I did not know was that the creators of the show, David Crane and Marta Kaufman, that they wrote the role of Ross
1: Thinking of David Schwimmer, like hearing his voice and yeah, writing this for him. I had no idea about that either. And knowing that he had a bad stint with TV and had given up on it, yeah, and was just very much dedicated to the mindset of going back to theater. Mm-hmm. And they really had to sell the role of Ross on him. Yeah, I can't unsee him as Ross ever. And I now knowing he can't either because he made Ross Ross. Yeah. Yeah, that came as late-breaking news. This is brand new information. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? Brand new information. (laughs) It was
2: to me. You know, when you watch a show as a kid, because this aired from 94 to 2004. So from when I was 10 to 20, my entire growing up, this show was on. So you just kind of accept the world that's presented to you. Oh, this show was just on. Oh, this is just them and this. You don't really think about the actors and the writers when you're like a kid and a teenager. You're just like, oh, this is just the best show ever. But... So I was very surprised. And I loved how in the beginning they showed the order of how they casted everyone for the show. And Rachel was last. I that was so funny that um Matthew Perry was on some weird show where it's like where the aliens like <laughs> yes. lose their luggage or something. Right. Like it just seems that shows, it felt like I was looking at something from like the 60s. I'm like, was 1994 that long ago? I guess it was.
1: I'm like, this is... 90s sitcoms. <laughs> Who thought that that was going to be a no good idea. idea? I have no idea. I wonder what network it was on. It doesn't sound like One NBC. One that's probably not in business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went bankrupt. Right. I did love how they, right off the get-go, said Lisa Kudrow nailed her audition they were like that's our phoebe we have her yeah (laughs) calling dibs right now yeah and phoebe set the bar for quirky characters everywhere
2: yeah she's so
1: funny there's endless hilarious quotes that she has trademarked in society because Mm -hmm. of her personality because of how well she just nailed her audition i was i was very impressed with that It was interesting to see that clip
2: of her acting in the other show and how they were saying, how she was like, her character was like a little bit darker, kind of had like a little bit of a darker side. And then being on Friends was like, she was this fully fleshed out character, almost as if, oh, this is who you were supposed to be this whole time. Like, everybody was so perfectly cast. And I guess Courtney Cox auditioned for Rachel when she, but she had said, I'm really more of a Monica. And then they... You can't unsee her no, in that role. No, ever. she is perfect. And I love that their goal, the writers, the creators, was to not have it be someone was a bigger star than the other one. It was a true ensemble. It really was. And I think that's really what just made it work because you felt like you're friends with everyone. You're not rooting for one more than the other. Like you love them equally.
1: Exactly. You want everybody to have a happy end. When the season series finale ended, everything ended on a high note Mm -hmm. and you got to see these friends graduate in life. Yeah. And that's how it should be. You want to see your friends do good. You want to see your friends do better things in life. And that's what this show did. It graduated bigger and better things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
2: probably one of the most familiar shows. You could watch
1: it anywhere and kind of just feel like you're at home. Yes. Because you know them all so well. David Beckham did an interview saying that you can literally watch his show in any hotel while on vacation or on the road. Mm -hmm. And he's perfect. Like, he's absolutely right. I can't remember when there was a time where I wasn't in a hotel and friends would come on. I'm like, oh, I can watch that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah.
2: it's Like a no brainer. Mm -hmm. You just
1: do it. And it's funny because
2: I can't really remember just sitting down and watching every episode, but every time an episode has come on, I've seen it. Right? I've seen it, you know.
1: Yeah. Past Christmas, I was over at my sister's house. She just put episodes of Friends, Friends mm-hmm. on, and we just binge watched Friends. And I was like, forget how good it was. Yeah. Sometimes you outgrow shows based on your age bracket, and
2: yeah. this is
1: not one of those shows no. at
2: yeah. all. Yeah, no, even my 16 year old daughter, she watches Friends. She knows the show better than me because it was on Netflix. Now it's on HBO Max. And she just watches them over and over again. And I was asking her what your favorite episodes. She's like, well, you know, obviously the Thanksgiving ones are all good. And she just, she knows the whole, like it's the show ended. I was five months pregnant with her. And now it's like this pop culture thing. And she's like copying outfits that Rachel wore. And she like wants these bangs and like, it's crazy how it's completely come back. It's totally relevant, but it's such a classic show. it's a cult classic, yeah, it is, and the comedic timing it's that's never gonna go out of style, no, you know, just the whole show is was written in such a smart way,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's just so funny. like I don't think I've ever laughed so hard at a show,
1: yes, and I laughed while they showed the
2: bloopers mm-hmm. and it was just perfect. Yeah, felt it, all yeah.
1: the like felt all the emotions,
2: so much nostalgia. yeah, it's just it's friends to me is like the most comfortable, familiar thing in the world to watch. And yeah, you know, you, you feel like you're at a family reunion you see them and it's like, oh, there's my uncles and my friend you know and they're just hanging out together and um, just that bond that they still have as friends and it's just this
1: genuine friendship. I love the fashion show. I could have used way more celebs, knowing how many celeb cameos there were throughout the 10 years of the show. I would have liked to see more celebs walking the runway. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that was probably a missed opportunity, but celebs being celebs, they're also acting during a pandemic. So I understand you can't get everybody, but I was like, oh, please let Julia Roberts be there. They did a lot of great commentary with the celebs that were there. So yeah. the fashion show was great. I'm not here to knock it. I would have liked to see the fashion show. I mean, he did oh, come, but he should have that been in Brad Pitt.
2: That would have, he would have been really good. That would have been a big surprise. And so they had Justin
1: Bieber as a potato. As Sputnik. Like, I know, but still, I'm like, okay. I I was like, oh, if they're going to show Sputnik. They have to show the holiday armadillo. Yes. And Cara Delvine did a very good job as as. As the holiday armadillo. that's a that's a team player right there. Yeah, so. and she did get to wear a dress. Too. She did, she did. So and Cindy Crawford in Ross's leather pants. I mean, perfection. Yeah, I don't think you could. You know, she should have had like, do that. She <laughs> Should have had like baby powder or like a bottle of lotion, <laughs> it was like I squirted it at
2: people or right? something. Um, but obviously uh, Matt LeBlanc stole the show I wearing think he did too. his outfit
1: of all of Chandler's clothing. And they looked the the rest of the cast of Friends looked equally surprised. Yeah, and like I wonder if he just disappeared and like went off the stage and got right. Ridden. I'm curious. He was like, "Oh, come on, guys, let me do it, please, please let me do it." Yeah. So that was the perfect ending to the fashion show. On to all the other cameos that were in the audience that for the Friends reunion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love seeing the parents. The parents. The Geller parents. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you, this is like the biggest, like the million dollar question here. Did you see Paul Rudd in the audience? I didn't know. Did you? So there's this huge debate online right now as to if Paul Rudd was in the audience. And um, I don't know if it's Paul Rudd's, you know, stunt double, whatever the case may be. But they have like a still of... Real or fake Paul Rudd in the audience with a camcorder filming. And really? I, yeah. And I'm just like, I can't tell. Oh, is it a stunt double? It was like somewhat pixelated. Oh, so. and the camcorder's like
2: in front of his face. So you can't tell. Yeah, him. he's okay. well, no, no,
1: no. It's it's just like a blurry
2: photo, too. And
1: I was like, oh, I don't know. I need I answers. Just, I just can't see Paul
2: Rudd like being somewhere and not wanting like to
1: you know, announce himself or make a scene of it because he's that kind of guy. Oh, his commute timing is flawless. Yeah. And you see that in all of his Marvel, Marvel movies, everything he's yeah. been in across the board. And an article I read recently because they were promoting the reunion mm-hmm. was he did not feel right being in the season finale because this had been the family of friends. Oh, wow. and. I guess there was some joke that he made <laughs> let, that just did not land right, <laughs> not with with anyone, not because I mean Paul was just being Paul Rudd, you right know. Right. As he does. but he was like, "It's been a hell of a ride, guys." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he was, showed up in like the last season, <laughs>
0: so, so it was
1: maybe in a handful of episodes. He's like, "Oh, what a ride, crickets!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I think he said that on the Daily Show. I have to double check, but. That was in the article that I read about Paul Rudd, like just beating himself on the set of Friends. So I don't know if he was filming um or like in pre-production for the next Ant-Man movie. But the other amazing meme I did see, oh yeah, was um the bug that got in Lisa Kudrow's hair was it Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, <it> was Ant-Man. <laughs> that is so perfect, and I was just like. See, Paul Rudd did make a cameo. Yeah, I was he's like, there. Oh, that is comedic gold. Nice. I know. It's like you couldn't even plan that. And I saw the, that meme before I saw the still of real or fake Paul Rudd <laughs> in the audience. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? So, Friends fans, please help me out here. Was Paul Rudd, in fact, in the audience? Somebody find
2: out and tell us. Please. The other meme that was hilarious was, like, Matt LeBlanc is, like, your favorite Irish uncle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way his arms are crossed and he's sitting there, he's staring. And it says, Matt LeBlanc is your uncle when your parents force your six-year-old self to stand up in front of the adults after a family dinner and sing a song you just learned in primary school. <laughs> he's
1: just staring. It's so good. I get how he pulls that off so well because he is in a new show called Man with a Plan where he plays a stay-at-home dad.
2: I wasn't a huge fan of the Lady Gaga performance. I mean, by itself, the performance,
1: it's great. I was going about to say, that's blasphemy because I thought she did a great job. She did a
2: great job. But I think what happened is it when she comes in and she starts singing, she sings beautifully. It kind of just made like Lisa Kudrow like look bad. You know, it, it, she just, it didn't,
1: She I loved her outfit. The choir was a bit much. I did feel the choir was a bit much. But I thought, I mean, Lisa Kudrow, like, her facial expressions were everything. She's like, oh, oh, this is happening. Oh, okay. Gotta get out and sing today. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's kind
2: of how it felt, that she was, like, being out and sung. And it's like, we love Phoebe and Smelly Cat and exactly how she sings it,
1: you know? Yes. But knowing that it it inspired the greatness that is Lady Gaga to recreate Smelly Cat. I think that's what made the performance so good too. I
2: mean, to play devil's advocate, I don't think that Smelly Cat needs to be like redone. Right. But I don't know. It seemed a little out of place to me, like a little bit much for how understated Phoebe is when she's performing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, and then that happens. Like I fast forwarded through it. Okay. Cause I was like, oh, they're bringing out a choir. I was like, okay. Oh, but I did love at the end when Lisa Kudrow was like, eh, I think mine was better. Right. <laughs> and then and then Lady Gaga was like, Yeah, it was. But, you know, because you and I think they realized you can't replace, you know, Phoebe or that character. But I almost wonder, I'm like, well, why did they bring her on? Are they doing it for ratings?
1: Because Friends by Itself is gonna get ratings. Like no, you don't I'm need sure to have Lady to Gaga. On it. You think so? I'm sure. I think Lady Gaga was a big enough fan that she was like Hey, do you want, like, I'll make this work. Like, I'll move stuff around. I'm sure, like, Lady Gaga was a, a team player and was like, I've got an Oscar. We can make this work. I promise. I'll be, hey, I'll be please, great. Please let me be on the
2: show. Yeah. I can see that. Like, if you're a huge fan and you really want to be on the show, then I could, she's probably just. She's fan like, I'll just, early. like,
1: baby, tell me when. I've worn way crazier things. Yeah. I've worn a meat dress, okay? Yeah. I will wear whatever you tell me to wear. And, I mean, I'll call it, I think, the Smelling Cat version of Lady Gaga with Lisa Kudrow could go to a number one Apple iTunes chart here any day. If Katherine Hahn can get, it was Agatha all along from WandaVision to go number one on iTunes. It did? It did. Oh, it did phenomenal on iTunes. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't put it, you know, in the, you know, wouldn't put Smelling Cat down in the slightest that it could do, just as good on Apple iTunes. I could see that happening.
2: I just remember when I was first teaching myself how to play the guitar, I figured out how to play smelly cat <laughs> oh, no. on my guitar without I just, I watched the show and then like I can figure out notes to music by just listening. I mean, I can read chords and read music, okay. but I can, if I listen, I can tell. And I figured out what the song was and
1: then taught myself. That. Smelly cat. Oh, that's <laughs> so I was perfect. Like, yeah, so I'm a little That's biased. Poetic. Yeah. That's perfect. So I was actually very impressed with James Corden uh, hosting the Friends reunion. I know he got some flack for it. Fans in general were irritated that James Corden got the hosting gig. I don't know if they were rooting for a certain host or what the deal was. Well, but... people just like to complain. Exactly.
2: But he's so fun, though. Yeah. He's very I, fun. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he did excellent. That
1: red suit. He's on fire. He
2: was. was Absolutely. Nice. He matched the couch, kind of.
1: <laughs> well I was very impressed and I thought it was very ballsy he was ballsy yeah say ballsy because it was all right James Corden was uh well I'll say very brazen okay it's the polite way of saying ballsy uh, if we're trying to be polite uh, yeah <laughs> uh James Corden was very brazen in asking the most shocking question but that everybody wants to know the answer to yes which was Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. Were they a couple? Yeah, they were they a date? couple? Yeah. I wasn't expecting an answer. Like, I was... I Or the answer I was expecting was like a hard no. A very quick no. Like, no, no, no. We're just friends. Yeah, that was never a thing. Whatever, just on to the next. Yeah. And the reaction and the answer that the world got... I'm going to quote Phoebe here and say, this is brand new information. <laughs> okay? I was yeah. not expecting this. So... Jen Aniston passed the torch and was like, uh, David, you want to answer yeah, this one? She, the way she looked at him uh, because they knew. Yeah. I don't know if James Corden was tipped off, but the Ross and Rachel romance did feel very real. And we just thought it was a testament to their acting. Yeah. And little did we know that both Jen Aniston and uh, David Schwimmer were channeling their flirtatious behavior through Ross and Rachel.
2: But isn't that can you even imagine like being an actress on a show, you meet your crush and then you get to pretend to date him mm-hmm. and make out with him on a show. Like that's like a, it's like anybody's dream come true. It's, I mean, how
1: fun is that? Right. And then I think the heartbreaking side of it was hearing David say like, well, we always had significant others or one one was single and the other one was with someone. Somebody was married to a very attractive, <laughs> you know, celebrity. Yeah. And I mean, like they just kept saying like our ships were passing each other. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, right in the fields. What? I can't. Just stand like out how they kind of were on the show. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, imagine being David Schumer's kid being like, Jen Aniston could have been my mom. What? <laughs> like, this is brand new information, Dad. Like,
2: yeah, I what I is going on was, here? I was prepped for that. Right? And I'm I'm curious as to why. Or I was curious as to why there wasn't a lot of press, but maybe they just wanted to save all of these things as a surprise because my mouth was like hanging open. Oh, yeah. For, and then I paused it, stared at the wall and then played it. And it's like, I can't what they were right. like, you just think that it's acting. But no, they truly cared
1: about each other. There was like a deep attraction there. Right. And then as they were talking about it with all the cast on the on the couch, not with James Corden, but like in in their apartment. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cox made a very good point. She said, I think if you guys actually did act on it, it would have maybe ruined the dynamic for the the show and us. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. She's right. I was like, oh, one for Courtney. All right. Yeah. All right. Good point. But but, hey, guess what? You guys are both kind of single now. And you guys put it out into the universe. And And we're too late. I know. And I mean, we've always shipped Ross and Rachel. And- I would love to see them like in a theater production of something together, like
2: on <laughs> right. stage, because that's—I mean—where David Schwimmer started was mm-hmm. in theater. I'm like, I would love to see them in something together. Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> okay, I am putting into- something out into the universe right now. You've heard it; you're hearing it on the Fangirls podcast first. I want them to do a Broadway rendition of Clue, the f- cast oh. of Friends, and then bring like some other like guest. People from, you know, guest stars from the show to like complete it. But how
1: funny would that be? That it would have to be like an anniversary special of Clue. Yeah, that That would be so good. And then just bring in celebs who've done cameos on the show, Friends. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. On to our favorite episodes of Friends. I've got at least two, because out of 236 episodes, it's really hard to pinpoint it for just one. So I kind of have a tiebreaker for the two. How about you? I mean, I have a lot. So why don't you start? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would start with when Ross and Rachel got married in Vegas. Oh,
2: yeah. They stumble out of the the
1: chapel. yeah. And that was the thing. They were just going to visit Joey on his major movie production. Yeah. Only for him to be, what, an extra? And he was like, oh, no, no, nothing to see here. (laughs) (laughs) And there were so many different storylines that you weren't expecting. And I mean... Chandler and Monica almost eloped and then boom, Ross and Rachel who get hammered. I love
2: how they would do that. They kind of like, they get your attention on, on other things. Mm-hmm. And then
1: they just like drop this bomb on you. And you're like, Oh, that just happened. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Phoebe's gambling and has this <laughs> older lady just chasing her
2: throughout. <laughs> she's always the last person to know things of anything going on. She's just in Phoebe world.
1: Right. But this older woman was like basically stalking her slot machine, every slot machine that she would go oh, to that's right. and try and hit the jackpot after Phoebe mm-hmm. wouldn't have any luck. And that was Phoebe's storyline and it, and it fit her perfectly. Yeah. So again, competing storylines that oh, I won't even say competing storylines, but storylines that fit, like fit every character perfectly. Yeah. And then it was a season finale. So I was like, what do you mean Ross and Rachel just loafed and you're going to leave me hanging for a whole summer? Why? I'm a I good know. person. I can't handle this. Yeah. So the other episode that I'm, this one actually ties into the next segment. So, um, but the other episode that I am a very big fan of is Emma's birth hmm. because again, there was a lot going on. It wasn't just, Oh, we're having, you know, This is the episode where Ross and Rachel have their baby. This is where Ross potentially proposes. And then Joey accidentally does. Yeah, Joey. She says, yes, yes. You have Janice about to give birth right next to Ross and Rachel. And it was just comedic timing, like perfect comedic timing. And that was when Chandler and Monica decided they were ready for a baby. Yeah. So all these great storylines happening. Mm -hmm. And it just made me very nostalgic, like, you know, thinking about my favorite episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was definitely one of them for sure. But for that specific season finale Mm -hmm. episode, 16-year-old Julie got a deficiency in my French class. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom said, well, did you know this was coming? I said, no, not at all. And she was like, because we were expecting one for math. And I was like, well, yeah, no, that I got. That I got. But French, I was not expecting that. And she's like, well, we have to take your TV away. And I'm like, it's the French season finale. What? (laughs) And she was like, sorry, kid. Like, you need to get your grades up. And I was like, no, I know I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I was Ross. I'm fine. Okay. (laughs) I know I'm good here. (laughs) And my mom's like, well. I guess we need to schedule a parent-teacher conference and figure it out. And I was like, "Oh, we are going to do that right We're now." Doing that, yeah, that, <laughs> that is happening. <laughs> I will go to Vasquez's office and we will make this happen. Like, I am watching my season yeah. finale. So we go to this parent-teacher conference, and like, I walk in there. Like in today's world, it would have been definitely like this little girl and her privilege yeah. walking into her guidance counselor's office. Um, back in my day, it was called this Snotty teenager. <laughs> you know, was was, you know, wanting her TV back, (laughs) you know. But I have the parent-teacher conference, and my French teacher was like, oh, yeah, she's at a B right now. And I was like, yeah, I was always at a B, wasn't I? And she was like, oh, you did a lot of extra credit. I I didn't factor that in. I was like, and you didn't tell me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was very emotional. And I was like, and it's a friend season finale, and my mom took my TV away. Like, do you know what this almost cost me? Right? And my dad was so embarrassed for me, for himself. He was like, I should just keep your TV for making that kind of scene in in an office. And I was like, you need to know what this show means to me. <laughs> no, no, no. And But I think because I made such a good case and my grade was in fact up. Yeah. He was like, all right, kid, I'll let this one slide. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to back away slowly. Right? He was, hey, I got a whole lecture on the drive home, about how he didn't get his first TV till he was twenty one, and it was because he paid for it. Like this whole spiel, of course. Yeah, he yeah. walked uphill both ways to school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In the snow. And yeah, all the things. So um, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's the memory I associate with Friends, and it was that specific episode of Friends that I would have been missing out on. Like, and I had to see. Yeah, that. I don't even was DVR a thing back then. No, it probably was. My parents didn't have it. Ours. mine didn't either. Yeah. So I, okay. So the, the one
2: it's called the one where Ross and Rachel, you know, I think it's what it's called. And they're like starting to make out. I love this, quote. I love this episode, but I love the quote. She's like, Whoa, Ross's hands are on my butt. And then she just keeps laughing and like everything. And then she's like, no, it's okay. Grab my butt. And then she's like, turn around." She's like, grab it already. She's like yelling at him. And then it just like, doesn't happen. But then they finally have that romantic date at the museum because he's working. And then they, like, wake up in, like, yes. the Neanderthal, like, exhibit. <laughs> exhibit, And, oh. like, these little children in, like, their little school uniforms are staring at them. And was there, like, a nun there, like, staring, like, judgingly <laughs> right. at them. I'm like,
1: that was just so classic That sounds like the perfect date you start off in the astronomy room mm-hmm. watching the stars and then somehow lost end the up, translation yeah. end up in, in the, the neanderthals exhibit. yeah
2: i mean what's more romantic than that you know
1: we got the the fur
2: rugs mm-hmm. and everything oh and then of course <laughs> the one where no one's ready okay so and it also these i love how ross is you know, freaking out the whole time, the tensions building, but also my other favorite storyline that's in here is the situation with Monica and Richard. Like they decided to not see each other. So she like leaves this message and she's like, it was breezy. Oh, and I remember thinking that we were really cool because our family had that same cordless phone (laughs) that she had. And I was like, we're so cool because we have Monica's phone, but that's just a side note. And so then she plays the message and then then she said, I'm breezy. And Joey's
1: like, you can't say you're breezy because that negates the breezy. And I thought that was a pretty big word for Joey to say, that but... a, That's it's a very good analogy for like coming out of Joey.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that you're breezy. And then she ends up trying to erase the message and then leaves him a new message. But then it becomes the outgoing message. She's like, I think I'm about to start my period or whatever. <laughs> and it like becomes the outgoing right. message. And she just, it just turns into this whole thing. And I'm, I remember that's, probably one of the episodes that stands out the most to me just that moment where she's like freaking out she's like no because and then from then on I'm like I am I would I'm never going to find out someone's code and try to get right answering the scene because that that could happen to me you never know <laughs> and then of course the episode where Ross is going to get married and it's not the part that you think oh, not okay. the part where he says Rachel the part. Where he comes in Chandler's room. He's like, I'm getting married today. And then he leaves. And then Monica sits up and she's like, do you think he knew I was here? I've never been more surprised. Yes. In, a, in an episode of any show ever where I was like, oh, how did I not see that coming? But I was so happy. I was like,
1: so glad that they were together. Right. You know, and there were so many Thanksgiving episodes where Monica was like kind of planning for Chandler. Yeah. And it never crossed my mind that this would be a thing.
2: Yeah. You, I mean, because she was friend zoned for so long. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had been Ross's friend since high school and she was like overweight. And so it's like, you know, your big brother's cute friend that you never think is going to look at you twice. And then, you know, now he's all yours. So, but yeah, their romance. I don't know. I'm, I've got to say it. I think theirs is probably my favorite. Ooh, that's that's blasphemy. I mean, but it's that's, just I love Ross orders. and I love Ross and Rachel. But like they could, they had a hard time making up their minds. But once Chandler and Monica got together, that was it.
0: You that's know, they were point. just
2: they just were so in love, and they, they kept it the a secret at, from then on. And they were so like you know, loyal to each other. Oh, and then the one I where it's saw like it in London time. <laughs> yeah. The one where there's a lot of kissing, I think is what it's called. And, um, Chandler keeps kissing everybody. Cause he got caught kissing Monica. <laughs> and then they eventually tell him to stop. Oh, and that was the episode where Rachel goes out with that guy because Monica's telling her like, you cannot tell Ross you're in love with him. Don't, he's still technically married, whatever. And she's this yellow dress. After the state with this guy, it's strapless, mm-hmm. and it had like this embroidery on it. I remember like dreaming about that dress. I'm like, I need this dress because I I was in high school, like a freshman or something. I'm like, where can I find this dress? It, I just remember that was her fashion was just
1: oh, I definitely oh, she had a, a fractional haircut. Idol. Yeah, I definitely I remember. she's um, junior high, Julie, <laughs> um, where. Nothing I did help myself <laughs> mentally, physically at all. <laughs> yeah. Um I was pretty dorky. Right. I mean in middle school. Classes, braces, Bad. no boobs, no butt, acne. Like it was not <laughs> it was not a good deal. Okay. Um, but I did have the Rachel haircut going for me. Oh. And yes. you do have great hair. Oh, thanks, friend. Yeah. Yeah, the Rachel haircut was probably the only thing I had going for me. All right, burning question time. I've got what are your favorite quotes from friends from that episode?
2: The one with a lot of kissing when um, Monica's locked in the hallway, and Joey's like having some trouble. And he's like, I'll kick that door in for you. If you give me some sugar, because that was like the kissing episode. So he's trying to he keeps trying to get in <laughs> on all the kissing and she just like looks at him.
1: But that was probably one of my favorite ones. Well, I'm going to stand by the one that I've seen throughout the show, but this is brand new information. <laughs> I remember using this on my parents. So. Yeah. Anytime they wanted me to do a chore. They're like, I just told you. And I was like, this is brand new information. Yeah. You know, whether it was like unloading a the dishwasher or folding laundry or anything. I just used that. They had no idea what show I was referencing. And I just thought I was hilarious. I'm fine. I think I still use that meme today when texting anyone about any type of news that catches me off guard. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Along with Pivot, of course. I can't tell you how many times I've moved something with my sister. Like, or she's helped me move somewhere. And if we can't figure out how to correctly move it, our go-to term is pivot. (laughs) Pivot. (laughs) You know? And her facial like honestly, we should never be moving anything ever again. Like, if our friends ask us to move something. Yeah, we're past that station in our life. Yeah, but point being, anytime, like, we are not your go-to girls because we get absolutely nothing done when it comes to moving. Because all we're doing is laughing because we're quoting friends the whole time. Yeah. And we're not, we're hysterically laughing. We think we are the funniest people in the history of ever. And we just get in trouble and yelled at later. (laughs) We're not being productive.
2: I have a really funny friend's sister story. Um, so friends aired on the night when my parents went to Bible study and I had to babysit my sister who's like seven years younger than me. So friends used to babysit her so I could like sneak a boyfriend to like the side yard and make out. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> so she dude. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I knew all of the friends episodes, but we would, um, you know, it was like our like little secret. So we would say like friends quotes to each other. And I'm like, I'll let you keep watching it. If you don't rat me out. And she's like, it. yeah, <laughs> we were on a break. Right? <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I got her started real early. I think she was probably maybe eight years old, That's impressive. eight, nine years old. And I was like 16 and I had to like, you know, want to sneak my boyfriend's over when I was babysitting, mm-hmm. you know, so super responsible teenager. <laughs> And I'm way too old to get in trouble for that, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was Friends was a great babysitter because we weren't really allowed to watch TV, so we had to sneak it. So sometimes it would be a sacrifice to me because I would like you know miss out on watching Friends, but they always played reruns anyway. So thought Friends would be a great babysitting tool. I mean, it's a really versatile show. There you go. Many many positive attributes, (laughs) (laughs) including getting away with making out with your boyfriend.
1: And to the
2: fangirl spotlight of the week. This week it goes to Virgin River. Virgin River is a Netflix show, and season three is coming to Netflix on July 9th. I was really surprised by this announcement that it's coming so soon because season two aired in November of 2020. Like it just, and then they came out really quickly with the third episode, and I binged these seasons like it was my job. Well, that's a quarantine. testament to its viewership, I guess, unless they filmed them back to back. Who knows? So this show is based on the books by Robin Carr. It follows Mel, a nurse practitioner who moves to Virgin River to start a new life. So there's this like hottie bar owner, Jack Sheridan, and you know, she's going to get with him. And the show revolves around the people that Mel meets and all the things that those new relationships bring. This show is very much a guilty pleasure for me. And it's super binge worthy. And it's kind of has like a romantic novel. Sort of feel to it. There's so much to come in this next season. It's going to be filled with so much drama. And it's just one of those shows where you're like, bring it. I don't care if it's petty, I don't care if it's catty, like, give it all to me. It's super good. So check out Virgin River on Netflix.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We want to answer your burning questions, so give us a follow on Instagram
2: at the Fangirls Podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next time.
1: We here at Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following NBC, Netflix, HBO Max, or Friends. Thank you for listening to Believe.